0: Once again, for The Photography Show, this is episode number 17 for February 27th, 2011, Intense. That sounds good. All right, we're recording. Yeah. So, um, you know, I... uh, We'll hang on. Talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, that's all for today. Um, we no, usually
1: I'm, end bad, but I, this time we just started bad.
0: We're right out of the gate bad. You know, I I'm, in, I'm, I'm off my game today. You're tired. Well, I, yeah, I'm always tired, but um, no, I uh, it's a weird story. But I have this donut thing these days. I'm on a diet, and it involves donuts.
1: You're eating donuts as your diet?
0: <laughs> not every day. Uh, no, no. I actually, and I think I've lost a little weight. I, I know you've been doing the little diet thing yourself, you know.
1: Yeah, mine doesn't, I don't get donuts,
0: <laughs> but I want to be on that diet. Well, the diet I'm on, um, if you're a Tim Ferriss fan, it's loosely based on what he's got in his book. But uh, the idea is that you can, uh, well, it's, it's a no white diet. So you're not supposed to eat like rice or um,
1: oh, right. bread
0: or, you know, things with carbs in them. Right, white people. But see, here's the deal: is on this diet, uh, as far as the uh, man, I may be too loud now, but we'll see. Anyway, on this diet, the the whole deal is that you know, if you have a vice, and my vice is Seven Eleven donuts of all things. Oh yeah, delicious. Two for a dollar and awesome. Anyway, so one day a week you can indulge on your diet.
1: Oh nice, one Sunday.
0: And they actually encourage you to go overboard, and the whole idea is that if you go overboard, then. you know, you're less likely to be in the mood for donuts the next day. And and it's weird because, like, you know, I kind of like plan my whole week around getting these donuts uh, on Sunday.
1: <laughs> due, to be, due to being bloated, vomiting, and diarrhea, you just don't feel like you need donuts again the next day.
0: Uh, I don't eat that many. I just have two, but they're, they're real good, dude.
1: <laughs> well, that's a good, yeah, I'm kind of like that, too. I'm kind of like good all during the week. And then on the weekends, I kind of do what I want to and not think too much about it. It's yeah, not that's be good. Help, healthy here and there, but then it's not as much big of a deal. And it's kind of like, like your work week is, is, is your work week. It's not as fun anyway, so why not throw a diet into that? And then uh, you get to your weekends where you can kind of do whatever you want. to be completely miserable during those. So week. I always have a good thing of heroin going. It's <laughs> ready for Friday night.
0: Well, I'm off my game because they didn't have the right donuts when I went to 7 um All they had were the chocolate covered, and those are no good. Uh, the glazed <laughs> are the way to go. You know, the chocolate. This has so much to do with photography. I'm looking at our
1: view counter here; it's dropping rapidly. (laughs) You know, though people they
0: they send the tweets and the emails and and they like the mindless banter. That's
1: true. That's true. Talk more about donuts. We'll
0: start another show where this is all we do.
1: Like somebody's listening to it for the first time. I thought this was a photography podcast. I think it's all about donuts.
0: (laughs) Well, if we started another podcast where we were just going to do mindless banter, we'd probably all just talk about photography the whole time.
1: That's probably true. Let's, they would let's just start another, Let's start, start a third thing. See how we handle that, and how <laughs> often we can do it. And we'll just call it mindless banter.
0: <laughs> we need more shows, is what we need. Uh, well, we did get an email this week.
1: Did we just get the one?
0: We got the one. Um,
1: well, it's good enough. He has three questions.
0: Yeah, they're good questions. Th- these. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a pathetic two-week period we say weekly and we're never weekly but you know
1: we're bi-week we're bi-monthly
0: bi-monthly something like that we're, we'll we'll tighten up eventually but uh anyway um we got an email from um and i'm gonna butcher the last name here i should have looked this up
1: i think he's russian or something
0: <sighs> no he's czechoslovakian he's Czech.
1: well i should know my the difference
0: no no the big difference dude thomas oh gosh pivo varnik pivo hey, varnik does that sound good
1: yeah I think all the pivot varnicks are are just like (laughs) up in arms right now, like burning houses. (laughs) <laughs> not he's listening smashed, to us. smashing things.
0: Well, he sent a very nice email actually, and he had not one but three pretty good questions in here. I thought, yeah. and um, we'll take them. Uh, we're gonna do, we we actually premeditated this podcast a little bit. We're gonna take these a little bit out of order. So Thomas, don't don't be mad at us. I guess is the the point. Um, but anyway, um, he just leads off says, "Thank you for what you do for photographers." I'm subscribed to both your podcasts, and he's referring to my other one uh, as well as this one, and I do really enjoy it. I am always curious whether I learn something new. Uh, And if it is not still wasting of time, as it is great to listen, watch somebody speak about photography, which is very nice. Um, Anyway, he shoots. uh, He's been shooting for a few years as a hobby. Uh, Not as often as he wishes because he's just too busy. And I can certainly... understand that uh anyway some topics that we might consider okay so let's let's deal with this first one because i think uh it's a simple question but i think it's something a lot of people get confused on and uh basically says i do not understand copyright condition and i assume he's talking about like Flickr and stuff like that um for instance uh when i change a tag Excuse me when I change in tag editor mark field copyrighted, does it automatically mean that my authorization is required is required when somebody would like to download print, or publish my photo because i've tried to load some pics on Flickr, but uh i'm new to online so do not know my rights so anyway so basically here 's the deal: Flickr when you uh upload photos actually a lot of social network stuff that 's geared towards photography Facebook just requires that you you know bow down to their euLA and uh you know, screw off if you don't like it. EULA uh, right. is a user end license agreement, um, but anyway, uh, Flickr and probably things like uh, Smug Mug. Um, trying to think of uh, Picasa. I don't Any use kind of a lot of Any kind of
1: online ones. photo portfolio.
0: Yeah, I imagine they're all kind of the same, but I'll speak from the Flickr thing because I do know about that. But they ask you to set uh, – typically you can do two things. You can set a default copyright, and then you can change them one by one as you go in. Um, and then uh, some others may require that you do it at the time you upload. Um, and I think video sites are a lot like this too. But mm-hmm. um, essentially um, – There's there's different flavors of copyright and the main one. And I don't know if you've got these pulled up in front of you. I'm lost. I'm talking. But um, basically, there's an all rights reserved, which basically means if anybody you're not allowing people to do anything but view your photo. And people can view the photo. That's not a problem. Right. That just means that you retain all the copyright to that piece. Now, generally, and I know that we have a lot of listeners outside the U.S., so uh, my knowledge is going to probably stop at U.S. copyright law. Um, mm-hmm. What little I know about that. And uh, jump in if if I'm saying anything that you're not sure about. But uh, anyway, so basically what the deal is is if you – with the u.s copyright law if you create an image or a work of art it is yours and uh you are the um you are the sole creator and right owner to it so that means that people can't take it and publish it theoretically um sometimes you get it stolen but that's illegal to do uh but you retain all rights to that um sometimes when you do a job for a client um you'll do a work for hire agreement which basically means they're paying you but then they will own all the rights to the photo so that's basically what that means yeah don't do that it's not a good idea Um, sometimes it's impossible to avoid, um, but when you can do not, uh, so anyway, and then there are some others and there's some new ones, uh, that are kind of under this heading of what they call creative commons. And this is a newer licensing technique that probably started around the nineties, I think, um, late 90s because I think the first time I got on Flickr was the first time I'd heard of that and basically what it is is it's saying that hey for educational purposes for nonprofits, uh, if you just want to put this on your site um, go for it you don't have to ask uh, just give me a credit and there are different flavors of this there's some that say you can use my photo but you can't modify it um, there are others that say that you can use it but you can't use it if you're making money on it, I, it this is where it gets kind of confusing I think mm-hmm. um, And it really but all, is- the,
1: all these settings are within Flickr and, and, yeah. and if you look at them close enough, you can really dial in exactly how you want your images to be used and how much copyright, uh, or, 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 you know, how much, how much people can use them online and in what, and in what kind of ways.
0: Yeah. And I know that, um, well, like for instance, I think, see for me for a long time, it, d- it didn't matter that much because I didn't upload real high res images to Flickr. Right. Now I kind of do. Um, and I'm not real sure what, Started that I think basically if you want to use Moo or you know some of the third-party technologies for printing on demand off mm-hmm. of Flickr, you need a better quality image. And it's but, a great
1: backup system.
0: Yes. And I think if you retain all rights – in fact, I'm sure mine is this way because I've, I've told people they can use my photos, and it's like, I can't download them. But, um, yeah, that turns off the download feature. They can view your photos. They just can't copy them onto their hard drive. Mm-hmm. The best they can do is a screenshot. But if you have uh, a Creative Commons on there, I think it does turn back on the downloads, and then it's just kind of on our system also i know that creative commons has uh, and it's been controversial i think for a lot of reasons um i don't think it's been tested in court and i may be wrong on that it may have been tested by now but um that's kind of one of the things is until a court case has been around it people really don't know how much you're protected mm-hmm. but um uh, the wikipedia article for creative commons licensing is pretty decent too from what i recall and i think they have a website if you want to know more um yeah, and I think
1: thing. just a, just to a cut to the chase, sure. real, make this short and sweet, and the elementary version of this whole deal right. is. Do your stuff. All rights reserved. If you can, uh, I mean, it protects you. It protects your photos. If people want to use your photos, then in any kind of way, they can ask you. And that's yeah. probably the best way to go about it. Anyway, they can email you through your Flickr account, or if you have your email address on there, they can email you directly, or whatever kind of contact you have set up. And then they can ask you. And it, whether that's a school, or or somebody privately doing something for their website, or whether it's a corporation wanting to use the image or whatever, so then like, you determine. They, yeah. Right. Then you determine based on a, on, you know, each, each different factor. Uh, but, but overall, when you take a picture, the picture is yours. Uh, even if you didn't put a copyright thing on it, it, it am I not correct in this, that if you, if, uh, if I take a picture, even if I don't have an all rights reserved or copyright symbol on that, I'm the original owner. And the, yes,
0: that is correct
1: picture. I, you, you own that photo and people cannot legally use that photo um, without your permission in one way or another but but it's always good to go ahead and just for all the dummies out there or people who want to try to cheat the system go ahead and put your all rights reserved and 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 kind of you know blanket statement on there and and let people know that even in your little profile or wherever it is that you would like to be contacted if, if your photo is to be used in any way right. uh, and then and then they'll do that and that's always worked for me and people do seem to uh, contact me every time they want to use a uh, photo i turn a lot of people down if, if they're able if they're like a corporation and they're able to buy it but don't want to want to be cheap about it or something that this is how i make my living so i'm not going to do that but there's a lot of schools and a lot of kids who call me and say can i use this for a project in college or you know whatever and then i'll be glad to do that kind of stuff because yeah. why that's, that's yeah i'm the
0: same way and'm I'm, I'm happy to use it. if somebody's just I get the exposure of it. My only requirement is that they credit on me or credit right. me on it. So that's fine, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't, uh, to answer the question though, it doesn't um, turn off the ability to view photos or anything like that. It doesn't make them private. Um, it just makes them copyrighted. And I agree. I think that's the, the easiest way to go. The only other thing, I mean, first of all, another disclaimer, we are not attorneys, but um, I do believe there does become an issue when you have a picture of someone else, because I believe they own their image. So that's why you would want to get model releases on things. If you are use it for commercial yeah, purposes.
1: Yeah, that is, that is a different thing.
0: And, and I'll be honest, I think the only time this is going to come up and be an issue is if somebody, if, if, the issue, if the image is making money. So for instance, if it's used in a T-Mobile ad campaign, for instance, or something like that, and all of a sudden somebody sees their image on billboards, they're probably going to be a little hot about that. But.
1: Well, it's very different when it comes down to people. Uh, you can take pictures of people in public spaces mm-hmm. and if the, uh, the law is if they're in a public space, like a sidewalk or a, a mall or, or whatever, any kind of public area that is just public they if they have their picture taken this is how paparazzi gets away with what they get away with. right right uh, but this is like how normal people like us who just like to take street photos and things also can get away with uh having a picture posted or selling a print of a picture or whatever but um if if it is like magazine work or or billboard work or any kind of advertising work or whatever people do have to sign something for you to have their permission to use right. their to use their photo but if you're just kind of using it in an artistic sense, um, then it's really not a big deal, especially if it was taken in a public place or with their permission. But if you can get people's, uh, you know, signatures and and permission to do that kind of thing, then that's always best. Yeah, I think so.
0: Cool. Um, well, you want to move on to the other questions? Yeah,
1: I think that kind of clears that up. You, you you, you own your photos, you have the copyright to your photos, go ahead and stick that statement with them, you know, copyright, your name, 2000 and whatever it is, the year. And, uh, and and just ask people in your bios or whatever else, you know, put that statement on, in there that please ask permission if you intend to use this photo in any way. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think uh, something that you said earlier, you know, it, legally you don't have to do anything if you've taken the image you own it. I think the issue is, is that you have a date on it or it's uploaded and has some yeah. kind of date stamp on it that it, it, it's easier to protect if you ever did have legal trouble with
1: it. Right. But, um, and you can put that in the data that's in your camera. You can yeah. load that into that uh you know, data. You can you can put that data, add that data in using Lightroom or Photoshop or all these kind of things. <laughs> uh, so right. that's so that's embedded in the photo. So that if somebody was to take the photo and it was to become some kind of legal issue or whatever, and they say, "No, that's not your photo. I got I took this photo," or "I got it from my friend Gene," or whatever, it would just be as easy as like, "Well, let's pull up the data."
0: Yeah. I remember in my old uh, music days, a <laughs> popular technique. This is so ghetto, but it's funny, is that uh, you would uh, either put a score for a composition or record it onto a cassette and mail uh-huh. it to yourself, so you'd get the post office. Stamp. <laughs> right? But yeah. And know, they, they used to say that video. about
1: photos and stuff too, or, sure. or letters. Or I know that's a that's a thing for letters. If you want to have it, you can mail it to yourself, and then it'll be all. I don't
0: know why you couldn't put photos in there. I mean, you know. Yeah, you put some photos in there. It's a date stamp. Old.
1: That's old school. This yeah, is that's.
0: <laughs> this is pre internet, too. Not <laughs> the internet had anything to do with it. But uh, anyway, the next question he was asking is uh, he was asking about the zone system. And he was like, interesting to think that Ansel Adams was uh, viewing images with 10 zones. Uh, is there a way to combine images with the picture of the 10 zones, kind of like a test strip? Here come the motorcycles. I don't know if you can hear them.
1: Uh, <laughs> when I
0: do changes levels, do I do a comparison? Um, <clears throat> Just so you'll be in the loop, Wade, I've done some stuff on the Zone System in my other podcasts. First
1: of all, who's Ansel Adams?
0: No, he's some clown that took some shots. And... Okay. that's <laughs> Ansel Adams was was... Oh, gosh. If you don't know who he is, uh, don't call agent. yourself I'm a photographer until you go find <laughs> out. Well, he he was a landscape photographer, but uh, you know he was really one of the fathers of what's become modern. Well, not so much modern anymore, but black and white photography. Uh, and known as an educator, too, as well as a fine art photographer. And uh, he's one of the biggest names, period, in the history of photography. But uh, he had what, you know, if you don't watch the other podcast, um, there is a system that he used for – no, oh, it's the whole idea of pre-visualizing an image and then how you expose that onto a negative, how you develop the negative. And the whole idea is to get a printable image or an easily printable image in the darkroom and the whole idea is that you know if you have a black and white image you have a grayscale and he would divide that into ten zones and each zone is one stop of light apart and so basically without going into too much math detail or anything the whole idea is that you you want to get enough information into the picture that your highlights aren't blowing out in other words they're turning completely white or your shadows aren't turning completely dark I don't know that you'd need a test strip um, if you're going to work in Photoshop to do levels I think it's probably a better idea to use your eye in that case and just see what's happening see if the if the The highlights are blowing out. Uh, Sometimes you're just going to deal with that because that's the whole reason for the zone system is there's restrictions on not only film but also digital cameras now of how much – So, Ansel Adams
1: never had a pure white or a pure black? Oh, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, but he liked to have the full gamut really. I mean to break it down just to make this very simple, the zone system is having everything from white to black and every gray in between.
0: Yeah, and the idea of the zone system is so you don't end up getting – Higher. or Let's say. Let's say you have lighter tones that are highlights that you still want to be visible with texture. You don't want them to go completely white. So the zone system is there to help you from from blowing out what you don't want to blow out. You know?
1: That's why it feels like there's so much detail in his landscapes. No, oh, no question. Uh, Absolutely. Because because they're they it's not just black and white, and it's not just black and then white and, and, and a few areas of gray. It's this it's this zone system that he took careful. Um, precautions to make sure that there were all these different levels of of gray in between that give it all, that give the photo all this detail and depth right, yeah,
0: well, and the reason for its being is so that you know especially in his day, there was no photoshop, there was no computer manipulation of images and and it was a lot of um well, it was a long wait from sometimes when you took the picture to when you got it back to the studio and did it in the dark room and were able to make a print. And so being able to predict those results, you need some kind of system to hinge things on. So that's that's, you know, historically why. He and a guy named Fred Archer kind of, um, you know, came up with this and a lot of experimentation, things like that. You know, and it's still applicable today. And I, I, I use it with black and white negatives, particularly with landscape photography, things like that. But, um, you and know. you can still do
1: this. I mean, this is where like levels came from, or yeah. the same kind of uh, meaning behind like levels in Photoshop and in Lightroom and sure. not- and all these things that you can really kind of see you know, in your graph there, what kind of blacks, and you can see on screen too with your contrast how 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 contrasty things are going as far as and, and this is just one system. There are systems where just a black and a white image, you know, can be very uh, powerful. But to, to have all these different levels of gray in between can make a, a black and white image very beautiful sure sure uh, and and you can see you can see exactly what you're getting there in photoshop or in lightroom uh and even what's blowing out and what's going full you know all the way dark and and you're, where you're losing detail due to one or the other and you can uh you can use your fill light or um you know different controls to to bring some of that detail back in if things are blowing out or going too dark
0: all right yeah cool
1: so it's it's still happening today
0: zone baby Well, and actually, the last video podcast today, we're talking about using HDR techniques to bring some stuff back, too. Um, So if you're shooting a landscape or something where you can't light it necessarily, Uh um, and you this particularly – actually, it's really useful for really high-contrast scenes. So if you're shooting a sunset where the buildings are blacklit and you need to be able to get some shadow detail back in those buildings, you can shoot multiple exposures to do that. But anyway, I went over that mostly in the other podcast, but
1: uh, still. Yeah, there definitely is a place for HDR. I mean, I know there's always – speaking of HDR, there's always enthusiasts out there that – Actually, love like the HDR, like uh, landscapes that are. Uh, some people are so much against just because they kind of look so fake. Uh, Yeah, the cartoon
0: look, I I, I can't do it. Right,
1: and and, you know, different strokes for different folks, for people who love that stuff or whatever, but I think that there really is a great use for for HDR and a lot of other parts of photography where you are trying to get detail out of things that would be impossible to get detail out of otherwise or a scene like you're talking about where where you have a really bright sky and a really dark ground or whatever. You can do an HDR and you can get detail out of both of them and and combine these images together where you can – you can see something that actually that your eye didn 't see at that time, yeah,
0: well, nine times out of ten i 've noticed that like you don't need an extreme h d r image just to pick up a little more shadow detail than your camera right. capable of doing this on, um <clears throat> and I think that's where. Well, there's there's two things that I think the, you know the really junky, controversial HDR photos come from is when people take this outrageous dynamic range and they're compressing it onto a computer screen where you are faking it because the computer screen even or a piece of paper are only able of so much dynamic range. So mm-hmm. when you do something that's impossible to even see, it's going to look fake and cartoony. And, the, and then there's inherent problems too when you're mixing um, uh, digital images with the color will get whacked out, you get glowing around, and you know there's sliders to control some of these things but you know it's subtle (laughs) it's the way to go and then i think you have the other problem pardon me where um people will they have more than enough dynamic range to work with they're they're in a normally lit scene Mm -hmm. uh there aren't any blown highlights there aren't any shadows that you're losing you can just shoot straight with the camera but then they go ahead and wedge a bunch of that into hdr and then it does this weird thing where it brings up all the local contrast real heavily and adds too much sharpening and detail and, and really gets out of hand and gross and I don't know. It just
1: kind of just kind of looks fake and I guess that's what a lot of photographers, especially ones that are just like, you know, more purist or whatever, right. uh, don't like, is that it just gets kind of sci-fi, fakey looking. And, yeah, that's uh, just really bizarre. And that's just, I guess, different for different people, because some people eat that up and seem to really love
0: yeah, it. Yeah, people eat it up, but I mean, I think you also need to understand that it is very controversial in the f- fact that most people don't, most people don't like the way that looks. If you did that for a client, man, you'd really have some selling to do, I think, on your end to convince them that that's what they want, you know. Well,
1: for, for one Thing yeah, I just did this job with with Wallpaper Magazine out of London or whatever, and they they were looking for an architectural photographer here in Dallas to do these city guides, and they really didn't know anybody to go to. And I think through this podcast, I mean, because I don't know anybody in London. I only know a few people in London, but they wouldn't talk to anybody at Wallpaper. Um, anyway, somebody that watches this podcast told someone there, which is makes it a small world, and uh, you know, just once again proves that social networking and podcasts and all these things are all a great part of your business is is, absolutely much as anything, but um, to to check out my portfolio that they had, they know I was a architectural photographer here in Dallas because of the podcast. And they did. And um, the thing was is that a a lot of the portfolio – I'm sure they didn't look at everybody's portfolio here in Dallas, of course, but the people that they were recommended to, uh, me being one of them, a lot of the other guys used like HDR techniques to – for their architecture stuff. And that really turned them off because the the magazine is a very pure kind of straight-on natural light not even like set up light type thing, which is kind of how I shoot my architecture anyway, just very straight on natural light. I don't Mm. use lighting and I don't use HDR techniques or anything like this. And so that's one of the things that kind of landed me the job. So there are, are these, all these HDR websites out there and people who do it and it has its place in, in things or whatever. But I think when it comes to publications and, and uh, a lot of maybe high end art that sells, or I don't know, different things that, that it, it's something that's not too popular, like you said. That people like more of the pure, kind of natural photography that that's out there. That so many people shoot.
0: I, I don't. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, the last thing I was going to say, I just it's there's something. Ab- like I'm trying to figure out what, you know, I mean, there's been some people who've even like in the Flickr group have gotten in, you know, kind of little mini arguments about it, but I don't know what it is that irritates. I mean, sometimes I see images, there's something very off putting about them, but there's also something about like the name HDR. It makes it sound like it's like this HD version of photography, which it's not. Mm-hmm. And it, like, you know, it's this ultra high definition thing or I, I don't know. And And so I see a lot of people that get into it as if it's like this challenge or this style to shoot. And I don't mm-hmm. think that it is. I mean, I know – I won't name names, but there are photographers who hang their reputation. I'm an HDR photographer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ridiculous. I mean, it's just – it's stupid. its it, it, I was going to say I'm trying to compare it to some – it's like I'm a, I'm a curves photographer. I use, I use <laughs> software to manipulate curves. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. It's like, you know, okay. <laughs> it's a big deal. We'll see. Know?
1: We'll see if it plays out to be a fad. or. I mean it's definitely going to be something that, that factors into uh, modern photography because you're even talking about it, even not being a fan of it in your last uh, – podcast on art of photography and and how no. it can be ha- how it can be utilized in a good way. No, it is it's a tool. I think the real sci-fi fantasy world stuff looking super colorful, super saturated, super detailed stuff is just so much that it's just like um I don't know
0: Well, in the podcast, basically all we're talking about has to use as a technique to if you have blown highlights or shadows and like typically like the example I use in the podcast is there's a night scene that I shot of some buildings. And, you know, when you shoot night, especially architecturally, you're going to have blown highlights anywhere there's lights because it's dark outside and the the contrast between shadows and a really bright sodium nasty streetlight. It's pretty vast. And so Mm -hmm. you're just going to have some blowout. But if you need to tame that back a little bit, if you're losing a lot of shadow detail and something, or excuse me, a lot of highlights and something that's lit, um, you can use HDR to do that. And then what I do in that podcast is go step by step of, okay, how do we kind of eliminate some of that look? And even in the end, I go back and I put a curves layer on there because it has this weird flat, milky HDR look to it because you've compressed so many zones of light. Mm. And you want to kind of get some contrast back into it in the end. I don't know. It's just, it's really, it's a weird phenomenon. Uh, and i'm if you're into hdr and you're you're listening i don't want to turn people off or insult anybody but it's just no because I
1: don't... It, it really is i mean there's 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 things that people like out there that other people don't so it's not right or wrong really it's just um yeah. i guess it is just something that people have very strong opinions on people either really like it or people do not like it at all
0: well, what you and, have to understand is that you do get an effect when you do what we're talking about, the people do, the images, and it does become almost illustration at that point. Right. And yeah. it's just like the same as going into Photoshop and having heavy use of like the pastel crayon filter or something weird like that where it's just
1: – I guess that's what people don't like about it. Some the people that don't like it, is that's mm-hmm. what they don't like about it is it, it really feels like you've applied so much of a filter, so much of something that you've distorted it to almost not being a photograph anymore. Correct, yeah being something else.
0: And yeah. I'll be honest, it's not hard to do that stuff either. That's that's the problem I have with it. <laughs> if that were like a really you know, interesting skill to get that, I think it would be completely different, but it's really not. I mean, in fact, it's, I think it's hard to not get that look when you're combining exposures. But... Anyway,
1: and you can even get that look nowadays without doing the three exposures and combining them together. You can take one photograph, and there's so much information in the raw file that you can pump the the fill light and the recovery all the way up, and you've got an HDR image. You know, oh man,
0: uh, in the last yeah, in the last. Four or five years with of digital camera evolution. I mean, they're capable of a lot more dynamic range than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my first digital camera; <clears throat> it was very limited, and this was before there were ways in Photoshop of combining exposures, and so it really was limited. In fact, I think mm-hmm. that's you know why really people didn't change over from film until probably about you know, five to seven years ago. Um, yeah, and now it's almost obsolete. But yeah, you could shoot raw. <clears throat> pardon me, and bring a lot of that back.
1: So. Yeah. And that part of it is wonderful and it's so uh photographers who used to work with just film and stuff would I would think would think this is so cool nowadays that you could take a, a picture that was a little underexposed or overexposed or whatever and, and bring detail, bring a range that you couldn't see there back into it, yeah. back into those highlights or 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 you know, back into those dark areas. Uh, by lightening them up um, and, and, and make the picture a lot better than, than what the original was, which right. was much more difficult, if not impossible, with, with film. Yeah, because, oh, I mean, cool. black
0: and white, you know, the zone system really only applies to black and white film, um, uh-huh. you know, its entirety. Uh, you can apply parts of it to color film and things like that. But, uh, you know, even with slide film, which, you know, back in the film days, that was the most beautiful color image you could, you could get. And people mm-hmm. use slide film for that reason. Uh, but when you're shooting slides, the dynamic range on slides is really narrow. Um, so if you're in anything that's high contrast, you're just going to lose shadows and lose highlights and try mm-hmm. to expose in the middle of the road somewhere. And, you know, people got really good at that. And you know that's what you're used to seeing. You know, if you if you think of like the classic magazines like National Geographic and things like that, where you know most of those were chrome slides that you know they shot Uh and uh, reproduced uh, in the magazine, and that's just the look that you know people are accustomed to seeing with color. But uh,
1: and I think like we've talked about before, it's really cool to go back if you haven't. uh, I think this would make you a much better photographer to go back and and shoot uh, 35 millimeter film, both color and black and white, and then shoot shoot slide film. Uh, shoot large format films, shoot all these different kinds of films in black and white and in color, and maybe just do this as an experiment for like a month or two or, or you know, however long you want to do it or whatever. But I think if you can really do that and get an understanding of how that worked uh, the, the, the film part of it, you're going to get such a better understanding of like how your digital camera works and, and all the settings and, and what you can do there. Um, sure. It's going to play right into it. And it's going to be a, almost it's a better way to learn than, um, than just jumping straight into digital without knowing the background or understanding film and how that worked at all because that's where the basis for everything digital came from was all this uh, film photography. You yeah, know? I
0: always thought it was weird too because like with digital cameras, even the first one that I owned, it was a Canon Digital Rebel back when they came mm. out. And, you know, it's like even with that camera, which is nothing like, you know, the 5D I shoot, that it's like... There's so many options and so many menus and so many preferences and settings and stuff like that. It's easy to get lost even for somebody who knows what they're doing. Right. Um, or it's easy to forget one little thing, which is kind of what happens to me occasionally. Um, and it, what's, I think for a beginner... Um, you know, I hear this argument that, well, you don't have to worry about the, the cost of them. You can just shoot as much as you want. And, and that is true. But, uh, <clears throat> man, sorry, the allergies are killing me today. Um, I know, They're bad. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, the uh, what's weird about it, though, is I think that like, like something simple like understanding like f-stops. And that, you know, F-16 and F-11 are one stop apart. Well, most digital cameras are set up to measure in, in third stop increments instead of whole stop increments. So, you know, you have all these 0. 0.6, 0. 0.2, you know, all that in between. And so I think for a beginner to even understand what F-stop differences are and what one stop a light is, shutter mm-hmm. speeds the same way. They don't go incrementally or even ISO. And so, um, you know, yeah, taking a step back and shooting some film to, to get that is going to, you know, teach you a lot, I think.
1: Yeah, or just even taking a, a class. I mean, we're talking about beginners here, but yeah, just even totally. taking a class or reading a book and teaching yourself, whatever your method of, of learning is. That, that, I think that you you have to do this. So many people jump in to cameras and want to be really great photographers and stuff, but I know people now that have been shooting, say five, you know, ten years or something, and they're still using like. They're still relying on the camera to give them, like, great pictures instead of, like, understanding the basics of photography, and that's why their photography hasn't progressed, and they may wonder, like, why isn't my photography going anywhere, and it's because you're not taking the time to, like, understand the very basics of what you have – you know, it, it you, the, the controls and what you you can do. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You're, you're relying on this camera that you know costs a lot of money to to take great pictures. It's just never going to do it if you don't understand how to manipulate. You know, uh, the camera and the pictures yourself. So,
0: well, and if I can take a second to jump on a soapbox here, okay, um, yeah, let me pull it out.
1: Uh, you know, it's weird because like
0: I've seen reviews of the podcast and things and, and I, I end up getting written up as this archaic film Nazi sometimes and not in a bad way. I'm exaggerating, but it's just interesting because I don't really want to be known as a film guy. I don't want to be known as a digital guy or anything. And it's all image making. And we've said this, yeah. several times before but you know it's like whatever it's kind of like if you're a chef and this recipe calls for potatoes and vegetables you know and this mm-hmm. other recipe calls for sauces and meat you know y- you use what the most appropriate thing for that particular scenario is and that could be digital it could be film unfortunately I think a lot of people um, you know because it's not as widely used I think the film has a lot more mystique to it and so uh, there are a lot more questions asked and so you know I don't really want to ever be known as like you know Joe, film Nazi, but you know, I don't know. I, I, yeah, but
1: we've talked about that before. How it's kind of off-putting when you go to the bookstore and all the books, the photography section doesn't say photography anymore; it says digital photography. And, and I think that's that's kind of off-putting, and, and it, because it's still just photography. I mean, it may change from digital to something else one day. I don't know. We don't know the future or whatever. But it was photography when it was film. It was photography when you were taking it out of a paper bag or a, a brown box. It's photography when it's coming out of a digital art camera. So. But to go to it and and, and books on you know will be like it'll be like ansel Adams and 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 uh, uh, you know old photographer stuff it'll be under this digital photography section it's like well that's miscategorized oh yeah uh, <laughs> the one I saw
0: last weekend when I was at borders was uh, digital nude photography.
1: And I thought, <laughs> digital nude photography only. <laughs> it's just
0: weird because like, how is it any different than shooting film? Or, I can it's can just can weird.
1: You can apply these same principles backwards and forwards. Well, you know
0: what it is. It's these stupid book publishers who think that if they have the word digital on there, people will be more inclined to buy it.
1: And Maybe they are. I mean they're the ones doing the studies, so they, they see all these people. I'm
0: less working. inclined to, to buy it. Are. It's like it. This,
1: the same people who are going out there and buying cameras that are the most expensive and thinking that those are going to get them um, great images they go to these racks and they see digital photography section how to become a great photo- digital photographer in 10 days that's probably an actual book title oh i'm uh, sure
0: it is probably less and, than 10 and, and
1: they're buying that book and um it's, that's just a it's just a wrong way to go about everything i think you know you gotta you gotta learn the process of photography and it doesn't matter what the medium is that you use and there's no reason in arguing about that because i think even still to this day that there are um a few guys out there professionals who uh specialize in still shooting film on like Hasselblads blogs and, and things like this or whatever to get the kind of image they want or large format cameras to get a specific look so it's just photography you know
0: yeah you're right yeah anyway
1: all right, right we off got the off the topic box. there Okay.
0: <laughs> we shouldn't apologize because all this stuff's important, I think. you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, the last question he had, and we're saving this for last because I think it's something we can expand on. Is that you or me? Ah, Me. Is it you? Okay. Sorry, my headphones
1: were uh, – my ear itched. <laughs> do you feel better now? I do. That ear does.
0: Uh, are those digital headphones you're wearing? Yeah. Excellent.
1: Yeah, I bought them in the digital headphone section.
0: Oh, excellent. It's With the digital, digital microphones? Play. Yeah, I put digital fuel in my car too. It's uh, yeah, I said awesome. how
1: to take your headphone listening to the next level.
0: Uh, digital <laughs> nudes, man. Um, okay, so the last question was actually the second question, yes. But um, anyway, uh, I moved to Flickr. Thanks. This is a cool topic, I think, because this is something that uh, I, I, I have some specific things to say about. Their, it, yeah, yeah, more so boxing. Yeah, I'm, I'm ever- the angry guy. I was like Ted. He's an- yeah. Ted and Wade do this great podcast. Wade's a awesome professional. For te- and then there's Ted. He's like this, uh, <laughs> archaic, angry film Don't guy. Donut
1: eating angry. <laughs> beast of a man <laughs> don't eating Still okay Nazi. so anyway here's
0: the, here's the question i moved to Flickr <laughs> thanks to your podcast but there's no one looking at my pics i have even four to five tags per photo to help find it the reason i go online is to get feedback uh for what is wrong with my photos so i can learn from somebody who has a better eye than i have this that's a great attitude um so i would appreciate it if you could find a few minutes to look and he gives us uh and i did go look at his um his url on Flickr there and give me a word or two comment anytime and i have not left him a comment yet and i promise i will but um i wade and i were talking about this before we started the show and i think maybe the wrong question is being asked here and essentially it's basically like okay i'm using social media but i'm not getting any response right now Mm -hmm. and um i i'll start it I, i think probably maybe the wrong question is being asked um you have to understand that if you're going to get involved in any kind of community, be it Flickr or anything else, there's a large population of people there, and that's just how it is. Um, when Wade and in, I,
1: in fact, what is Flickr now? You probably know the stat better than I do. Or oh,
0: yeah, and well, I reported we millions it when I was in, of people. When I was in Paris, I think it's 2.5 billion photos as of okay, like so the that, last month. Yeah,
1: yeah. So w- there's your number one answer.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's way too why many you're photos.
1: Immediately getting. Feedback.
0: Now, when I first joined Flickr, it was a lot different. It was it was not owned by Yahoo, and it was in beta mode. But even then, it w- it wasn't like I had high volume um, of eyeballs on my images. But I think that's the wrong way of looking at it. And, and I also think that you're going to have to. Because it's a community, you've got to get involved to get feedback. Totally. And so, the first thing I would do is upload a couple images and then forget about it. And then surf around, look in groups, start searching by tags, and find some photos you think are awesome and just comment. And don't don't say, "Hey, go look at my photos and leave a comment." If you don't mind, that's not a good question to ask because people Mm -hmm. get turned off by that. But but try to make a friend with somebody because generally, here is what happens when somebody comments on one of my photos: if they have something interesting and intelligent to say, I almost always go look at their photo stream and see what they're doing. And um, comment
1: back or favorite something Yeah, or somebody or, asks whatever, me, take it, the time to, to look through their stuff.
0: Yeah, if somebody, uh, if somebody adds me as a contact on Flickr, I generally go look at their stuff. You know, they took enough time to add me as a contact. They like my stuff mm-hmm. and I might go to leave a comment or do something with theirs. Actually, that I think is the second thing to be worried about. The first thing to worry about is just doing the very best possible work you could possibly do. Right. Uh, you'll get comments on it, um, but I think asking for them is the wrong way to go. Um, but reaching a hand out to you know just favoriting someone's photos now and then um but Mm -hmm. get involved i noticed that and this is an unfortunate side effect of how it works out but i noticed at one point when i was back when i was freelancing i had a lot more time to to, to, to dedicate to Flickr. Uh, and when I did that, I had a lot more community involvement. I knew people on there. Um, I had a lot of people looking at my photos. And then when uh, I got a lot busier to the fact, to the point where I'd, my Flickr time really went down a lot, uh, so did my comments and things like that. So it sure. is directly related. But no, don't totally, let it upset it's not, you.
1: It's not about the level of work because there's a ton of guys on Flickr that are contacts of mine or whatever. They take the most amazing photos every time they post a photo. Um, sure. I'm constantly blown away by their work or I'm constantly like favoring, noticing that I'm favoring like the same guy over and over again. And it may be because I like that style of work that he does or whatever, but just mm-hmm. amazing stuff. There will hardly be any comments on his on his stuff because he doesn't do a lot of interaction with sure. the community there uh, at all. And he's taking amazing photos. So this is no reflection on your work at all, the m- amount of favorites and comments that you get because it's somewhat – like a popularity contest almost about like who is the most sociable on the network oh, yeah. whatever network you're on because there's a lot of guys that we know from our dallas group and a lot of other things whatever that we have seen how social they are they may i don't know how many hours a day they may spend on Flickr and other social networks but uh, because they are so social and they're and they're going on other people's um if you're to compliment someone someone is probably just going to say compliment you back as a thank you you in some form or fashion. Sure. And so they may do this to uh, hundreds or thousands of people and they get hundreds or thousands of comments and favorites and things on their photos. So it's kind of it's a social network and yeah. if the more you give to it, the more you get back. The more you comment, the more you favorite, the more your friends, the more you uh, talk to people on there, the more groups you join and specifically if you want feedback, there's just groups on there for feedback. You you upload their your photo to that specific group oh, man. and they're going to give you feedback. Some of those are real nice and some are just like horrible groups that are like this photo sucks too. And this is why. So there are some that are really harsh and then there's some that are really nice and there's some that are probably yeah. you know meet in the middle somewhere. They're just honest. But um, if you really need feedback on your stuff, that's a great place to go.
0: I'll be honest, that's such a <laughs> such a douchey thing to do though. Yeah, it's like you know when you log into Flickr and and I, again I won't name names, but um, you know one time I had left a comment on this photo that I thought was simply outstanding. And I think the comment may have gone to this individual's head a little bit because then they joined a bunch of groups where they, you know, it was like uh, get five comments and leave five right, comments. Right, those one of those. And so, and then they all put this stupid gift file badge in there, you deserve the douchebag award and, you know, and
1: this kind <laughs> Blink, of just... Blinking trophies and uh, well, cameras and, taking pictures. Oh,
0: God, that. yes, and it's like, and, and so every time I link in, I log into Flickr, it's at the top of my stupid recent activity list with a bunch of more of these ugly, stupid things on there, and I'm like, I wish I hadn't left the comment. You know, I mean, it was a great photo, but it's, what? it's like,
1: come on. Once you start, yeah, the, 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 I hate that side of Flickr where people upload those, those gifs and things like that, those animated things. It's, it makes it look like MySpace or something. It's just junky oh, and nasty. God, it's and, bad. Yeah, and I, I think they should outlaw you being able to post anything like that. And so, in fact, people ask that you please just not post those kind of things. To you've won the butterfly award and you got like a butterfly flying or something. It's <laughs> yes. like – I don't care. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you won the idiot award but
1: you know but Anyway, back to the topic. Well, no,
0: well it's on topic and you know yeah. it's like it's, I think that social media becomes such a numbers game and I mean I, I'm guilty as anybody else but like I think a problem is is like when you're like there's always somebody who's going to have more contacts than you or more followers are on Twitter or more Facebook friends or more whatever it is and marketing companies are now playing this game with businesses where it's like it's a numbers game and it's like screw the numbers that is such a dumb way of looking at it because I would rather have four contacts that mean something to me that are good contexts that that I learn from who are honest with me who um, uh, you know who I have kind of a relationship with rather than fifteen hundred just ambiguous names in there or people leaving right. me stupid trophies. I mean that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't or do anything for just you. just
1: are saying they loved your photo because you said you loved theirs. That means nothing. Yeah. When you, know, you really get like a, you know um, I upload photos all the time on Flickr right now and because Flickr has grown I don't get nearly as many comments and things as I used to or whatever and that maybe used to mean more to me or whatever uh, in the beginning or when I was more active. Well, I think uh, it whenever. means something to all of us at some
0: point. I mean because yeah, you want it, to be liked. Yeah when it's real. You know? When
1: it's real and especially depending on who it coming from. I mean uh, if a great photographer on Flickr leaves leaves you a comment or someone that you you really enjoy their work or admire their work leaves you a comment telling you that one of your photos is is a really great photo, then that really does mean something. But you're right. But but 10,000 people saying nice job, good work, good photo, way to go. Or just uh, being a
0: troll and thinking, "Oh, your highlights are blown," or you know, whatever it is, you know.
1: Right, right. Just getting comments like that because you uploaded your photo to ten thousand different groups. Well, the odds are pretty good you're going to get some comments then. Yeah. Um, but that just doesn't matter nearly as much, I don't think. As getting, I think if you really, really, really good want- feedback from-
0: well, yeah, and like you're saying, if you want direct feedback from somebody, I think you're better off if you have somebody that you've got some kind of relationship where they know who you are and you mm-hmm. trust them and you respect their work. And I think that's the most important part. There are people that if I want feedback on an image, I don't want just anybody telling me. I want somebody that I admire telling me. Right. And that's way more important. You know, I remember you made a comment to the when somebody you respect you know leaves a comment for your work. And I remember right. when I, when I first signed up to Flickr. In fact, you can see this if you go back to my very first Flickr image I ever uploaded. Um, there was, uh, she's a friend of mine now, but uh, it's this uh, girl, Gala Trail, who's an author and, and has kind of right. moved out of a lot of photography. But she was one of the first people who ever left me a comment. And I was on Cloud9. I'd followed her blog forever and really liked the stuff she was doing with like toy mm-hmm. cameras and stuff like that, which I was really into at the time. And just to have somebody leave a comment that they liked something of mine that meant the world to me. And as a result, I sent her an email. We started, you know, and there are a bunch of people that I know through Flickr like that. Yeah. Um, you know that I would consider you know internet friends, if you will, but uh, you know some of my met in real life, uh, Yeah, I've made a ton
1: of friends out of just internet friends from Flickr and and other sites. People I've never known, but it was almost like let's get together and have coffee when you come to Dallas, or if you live here, let's let's get together and go shoot together. I don't know you, and and these people have actually become real, fr- you know, real friends that absolutely in real life, know. and not just internet friends. And I think that's that's kind of what Flickr is all about. Besides getting your work out there and getting getting it noticed and everything is uh uh, feedback with good people
0: i'll even bring up another one because i know she listens to the podcast and uh, i'll embarrass her but uh do you know slight clutter
1: katya right yeah
0: uh she (laughs) she uh another one of the people that when i first got on Flickr is like you know just going surfing around and looking for inspiration and she's a really really good photographer she takes great pictures and and early on um she was she shoots
1: she shoots now professionally if, or yes. semi professionally yeah that's where
0: i'm going with this uh when she uh when when i first met her on flickr she was not shooting professionally and i i was kind of blown away and at that point it was a little different cuz you know, was, you know I, wow how could she not be professional you know but right. some amateurs are great and and she was one of those who was incredible and she actually came to dallas once we met up um, went and shot together and and just had a great time and and that's somebody who if i wanted some feedback on something i would i would feel pretty confident in uh, her opinion on it because I respect what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of people like that. And, uh, anyway, and what's actually go, funny. Yeah, go, is- go
1: to a friend that, that is a, a really good photographer or, or even if it's not a friend, just someone that you really admire, right. um, and really respect their work and, and would love to be a, at that level one day. If you really want honest, good feedback, go to these people, uh, and, and go to them directly through email or, or meet them in person and show them your work and, and get, and get their honest it, even if it's hard uh, feedback, uh, because that's what will make you better.
0: Well, the funny thing, too, about Katya is uh, I had w- – when when I started the other podcast and then when we started this one, I didn't make – Oh, probably better at this one but I it, originally I didn't make a huge deal about it because I was a little afraid of people that I really looked up to like who am I to start dishing out photography information but this right. is just something I wanted to do with the podcast and I just felt it would help me and it would be just interesting. a passion.
1: you felt what well, you want to talk about it
0: yeah but it, I, I was a little hesitant about especially right after episode one two and three just you know being real public about hey look what I'm doing you know yeah right. and so it was funny because like she left a comment in iTunes that I saw one day and I'm like oh my god somebody I know found me you know it was kind of funny <laughs> but uh, you know yeah, but that's another thing too that I think, and I think that's one of the reasons we started doing this podcast. They, I, here's the deal. If you're just uploading images to Flickr, even if they're just stinking incredible, um, you're still in a sea of photos out there and getting people right. to see your work. And I think if you really want to be successful and make contacts and make meaningful relationships with people via social media, I think you need to offer up something more. And like, maybe that's keeping a blog. Uh, maybe it's doing a podcast. Um, in fact, it's funny. One of the guys who came to the London meetup that I know watches my other podcast has started his own now. And yeah. as soon as I know that it's on iTunes, I will recommend it to everybody. It's called photography one, two, one. And, um, anyway, I'll look and see, and I'll put a link on it. But anyway, Stephen Cottrell is a um, uh, British photographer. He's doing that. He's really cool. Uh, but anyway, um, but having something to say, and at the time I listened to other podcasts and I'd be I'll be honest I don't listen to many other photography podcasts uh, because I don't think a lot of them are giving me any information that's of much quality you know? mm-hmm. here's let's talk about HDR and the new Nikon that's coming out and these lenses right. will be but who gives a flip you know right and it's like you've got to get out there you have to say something of meaning and you've got to be confident about it and then if you're patient, things will start happening in a very positive way. Like, for instance, there, there are other, like, uh, we we're talking about Strobust, We've talked about him several times. Uh, mm-hmm. David, David with, Hobby. David Hobby. And he does that. He's awesome. And he talks about how to get better at something. And it's not what gear you have. I mean, it does have to apply to gear because it's flash systems but he does a great <laughs> right. job of val- balancing that line between not getting too bogged down in the latest uh, D7 6000 EX27B flash I mean who cares No, it's, there's
1: a technical side to what he's doing but it's it's also very much just technique yeah. he's teaching technique yeah you're going to need these certain things to, 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 to be able to do this but this is all about lighting techniques and, and things like that but he yeah. has
0: a blog that gives you value you know what I mean Right. Strobus. he goes way beyond that and he, he writes something with substance and I don't. I think there could be there's room for so many other people to come do this it's unbelievable you know come right about shooting something specific like you know maybe you like to shoot portraits talk about it talk maybe. about different photographers in the past who shot portraits who do you look up to you know what are the techniques what's this what's this what have you tried anything new these things are of substance if you just get on there and i mean gosh if you go to youtube or anything like that and you search for podcast videos or anything. I mean you get a lot of gear reviews, you get a lot. Of, I mean just it has nothing to but do with But I think where well, we're different
1: and where what people seem to like about what we're doing and and what we like about some of the other people that we look up to and listen to and watch their podcasts and videos and things. Or follow their blogs is uh, real people doing a real job that they're passionate about and talking about the real life situation in and ins and outs of, of this industry yes. and and what we deal with on a daily basis and that really seems to draw people and and uh, you know get people's attention and, and and just what they like to hear rather than gadget gear and 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 all that kind of
0: well they like know, the thing. jokes too.
1: And the, and the and the off-topic jokes and my loud cackle, <laughs> they dig the jokes and and, and just the bad uh, quality of the sound. And, uh, oh
0: my place. Skype, but yeah,
1: but just being real and, and just because by no means are either one of us saying we're experts at this thing at all. Uh, no, hold uh, I on. feel no. like a, a total beginner with a huge road to go down to become, uh, you know, better and better, uh, hopefully, and just keep at it and just trying to be inspirational to other people out there and uh, say, Hey, I'm on the same road as you, and uh, you know we're all going down this together and and just sharing information and and being excited about the same thing, you know? So,
0: yeah. And uh, what it really is, is social media is not about followers. It's about a conversation. And are you having that conversation with anybody? And it's just like going to a party where you don't know anybody and you're probably standing against the wall. Like the Mm -hmm. early days of DSVC when we used to do, you know, and until you go out and reach out and say, hey, I really dig your work. I want to introduce myself to somebody you haven't made a contact yet. And it's hard, but that's what it takes. But once you have that conversation going back and forth between people, I don't think it matters whether you have five followers or 15,000 followers on Twitter. If you have it's meaningful followers,
1: you know. Right. Yeah. I mean and with social networking you really have to be social on both parts you can't just it can't be one-sided it can't be you just uploading a bunch of your photos all the time and hoping people respond to them or whatever sure. it has to be uh, and, and we try to do these things and, and for, for various reasons both personal and uh, business you know related but uh, to, to really give feedback to people uh, to, to not only post you know stuff of, of your own but to, re- to reply and, and comment on what other people are doing to make friends. Just like you would in any other kind of situation, whether it be right. school or an office or whatever, um, you're giving as as much as you're taking, and um, and you're doing this, you know, not only uh, in the social networks but in in real life as well. And I just think I think that that ends up. Uh, you just end up being more, way more successful or you have a better chance at it than um, than a lot of people who are trying to hide everything. And I've run across a lot of these photographers and it's kind of sad, especially like the older generation guys oh, yeah. to have like a real chip on their shoulder about us younger people and what we, what we do. And even Why would if you it, just
0: throw an image whether, out there? You're cheapening our industry and yeah. Right,
1: whether we're good or bad or not, they don't even give it the the, the, the second thought. And, and it was sad that when I... First got started and called up a few people that I really kind of admired just from a photo standpoint to ask them just basic information about photography and how to get started or whatever. They were very, they just closed it down, they just shut it down, and just pretty much told me figure it out myself talk to you later it's too and it, bad, yeah. and that turned from somebody who I admired to well that guy was a real jerk cuz mm-hmm. what that is, that's what that is is fear fear that somehow me <laughs> yeah. one guy in the whole universe of this photography world is going to come and grow up and crush his business And it's a fear. uh, That's just it's a bad way to go about things. That's why I never want to be like that. I want to be open and and honest and share whatever I can with other people because, you know, I'm not I'm not scared of what you're going to do. I hope you succeed. And I think there's enough for for us to for it to all go around. Wait, I'm
0: really glad you brought that up because I'm glad we have derailed into this because it's like, um, you know, it's not derailment. But uh, you see that or I've here's my experience is I've seen this when you're dealing with an industry that's having a lot of trouble that's dying right. and it's very hard for freelance photographers now very hard you know I know everybody knows mm-hmm. um, when back when I got out of college and I was all set to be a film composer I um, had my degree I was ready to rock uh, first thing I did is I eventually quit that path because I realized I would have to move to Los Angeles and starve for another 10 years and maybe, maybe, maybe one in a million have a shot at it. And I just really right. wasn't willing to do it at that point. But one of the first things I did is I, I got out of school and I came to Dallas and I thought, okay, I'm going to go talk to I'm going to call them on the phone, cold, go in and I want to I, I want to introduce myself and get to know some of these guys. But but people were who were doing either uh, commercials or small films out of here, things like that. There was stuff being done at the time. Well, that industry was dying. It was on its last legs. And uh, I had people that were just so so... No blatantly rude to me like like on the phone I had one guy tell me I, I don't do that kind of thing for students now, I wasn't a student anymore but uh, mm-hmm. and didn't want to talk to me and then I had other people who wouldn't return phone calls or i would had people that kind of felt guilty in a way and they would try to set up a meeting and then they'd flake on me all the time and finally I talked to this one guy and he said I understand that because um, I told him where I was coming from and I'd had really had a hard time meeting with people and he said I have to apologize for some of my uh, colleagues he said because it's it's such a tight industry right now people are afraid of anybody coming into it mm-hmm. and, and and like you're saying, that's so stupid. And I think you're seeing the same thing with photography now. And here's the truth of it. Those guys are all out of business right now because there is no music, uh, composition being done. The stock music put it out of business, but the people who are smart and not playing under fear, understand that that our role as businessmen have to change right and our business is changing and we may not be making money in the same way that we did uh 5 10 15 20 years ago in fact Mm -hmm. we won't be and it's real interesting to see that i think it's the same effect that you know remember when borders and barnes and noble and all these big monster stores put out the small bookshops and now they're having trouble i mean it's always a cycle of change and i think one of the interesting things that I think is so positive about social media is there is a large group of people who are willing to try to figure this out and share. And that is very important because it's like, it, we'll figure something out here, but it
1: isn't going to be are the most popular in the people in the industry. Sure. I mean, look Always. and think about all these Every people time. That, that we admire and that seem to be at the top of their game, being the most successful. They're all sharing everything they know about everything they do. Yeah. And they're not fearing all the young kids coming up or there some of them are kids themselves but you know a lot of them are, are middle aged or whatever they just don't care they're talented they're they're you know they're comfortable with themselves and their talent and where their things are going and they're sharing this with the world and they're making money doing it uh it's the and it's the guys who are, are fearful of everybody and they're shutting themselves off and they won't share a bit of information. Well, this shuts you down in in numerous ways. It shuts you down personally, yeah. um, yourself, emotionally, uh, d- socially with other friends and people. Um, nobody wants to work with a person like that who is just a, a fear monger and and doesn't w- won't share any information and won't won't give at all. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna give to you or or want yeah. to. You know, <clears throat>
0: I'll give you an example. There's a friend of mine. In fact, I'd love to have him on this show sometime. I've talked to him before. My friend Keith Wood, who you guys just yeah. work with at Holt, yeah, he lives force in force Portland. Force. Uh, uh, I did one of his websites early. Anyway, I talked to him. I guess it was last week, and. Uh, He's a very good friend. I hadn't talked to him in a long time. I said, so how's, how are things going? Are you staying busy? And he said, man, he said, Ted, this has been the slowest year I've seen in my entire career. Now, what Keith does is he actually, um, he's worked for Exxon, a lot of the major oil companies, and he does everything from flying. He, he spends... Oh, gosh, probably nine to ten months of the year on the road. Um, he goes to Africa, and he does a lot of these social programs that a lot – you know, a lot of these oil companies, because they have a negative view in the public opinion, they do what they call social projects where they will fund uh, third-world villages, things like that, and so schools, education. So they will have him go photograph, and they sound like awesome jobs going and working with kids and mm-hmm. Africans. To, anyway, so he does a lot of these – um, then he'll go shoot oil rigs and he'll do the corporate um, you know, technology side of it. He'll shoot CEOs, all these things. And he says this is like one of the hardest years he's ever had. I mean, it's slow, and al- and he's not alone. A lot. And we were talking about, oh, yeah, I talked to so and so, and they're having a slow year. And I, even my uh-huh. dad, as an illustrator, is having his worst year ever, and the economy's down. And he said something that kind of was really chilling in a way. And he said, uh, first of all, I said, well, I said, well, Keith, maybe it'll get better, man. I mean, maybe we'll get through this and, and it'll turn around. He goes, "He goes, I don't think it will. He said, "He said these companies that I work for, the Exxons and the uh, you know the, the big corporations, their budgets are cut to the core right now and they can't afford the photography. He said he even was willing to work for half for somebody recently. And just because he liked the client and told him he wanted to keep them. And they said, sorry, we can't afford it. He said, the problem is, is that. When they've been through a recession and they know that they can get by without paying a lot of money for photography, then they're not going to throw money at it when it comes back around. They know they can get by without it. They'll throw their money at Mm -hmm. other things. And it was really kind of shocking to hear this. And, you know, what we're saying, though, is, again, the industry is changing and we're not going to be able to find viability in, in the financial way we used to. So those are shutting down. But something else will crop up and we will figure it out. Right. But the difference is, is Keith's looking to retire in two years, and I I understand where he's come from. He doesn't have the energy to start from ground zero to start with social media. To st- you know, it's just not something he's interested in, and it's right. kind of tragic in a lot of ways. You well, know? that's
1: that's the and that's the deal with a lot of the older guys is that it, they didn't want to change. I don't know what part of the change they didn't want. Maybe it was they didn't want to go to digital cameras. Maybe it, it sure was, was they, did, they didn't want to start doing any of this social networking. Um, I, I don't know what it was. There's a lot of things. Maybe they didn't want to do any of it. They liked the old way that things were done. They liked shooting with film. They liked uh well, with people. They were comfortable, and they didn't want to change. And this is the thing I've seen the most is that they didn't want to change in one way or another. They didn't want to, they didn't want to adjust. They didn't want to become someone who uh, not only took the pictures but had to like Photoshop and, and and do the image manipulation themselves too like so many people can do nowadays. And so it was a part of their business dying because there were so many people out there that could do all this. Right. And, um, and, and that maybe, maybe their talent was comparable. Um, maybe, maybe it wasn't but they could do it, they, they could do all these things and they could do it for cheaper. But that's not, that's, that's another thing is, is that, I believe that if you're really talented at something, that people are going to pay for it, and you got to figure out what that price range is, uh, what people are willing to pay for. Well, and you
0: got to figure out who's willing to pay for it too. And who's willing to pay yeah, for it
1: um, because really right now in this time, I came from a graphic design background. I was a graphic designer, senior art director. I did photography as a hobby. I became such a passion. I wanted to do it full time. I jumped into it uh, in, when we were in the very bottom of a recession and just said I'm just going to go for it and do this, and I've made a living doing it now for two and a half years. And I'm not like the most successful guy in the world or whatever, but I'm just saying it can be done sure. from that level on. And I think it's because I'm willing to be flexible. I'm willing to share. I'm willing to work at it, get better, shoot all the time, do whatever it takes. You know, just you just said that something that mentality. made me think.
0: You, you just made me think of something else, too, because you said, you know, you were senior art director and this was kind of a, a move that didn't happen at an early age for you. Right. And it didn't for me either. And what's interesting is I think we're talking about the old school guys. I mean, you know, when when my parents and my grandparents were, you know, in their 20s and 30s. They never switched careers they they did one thing for a living right. uh, you know you look especially in in middle class America where a lot of people you know work factory jobs or, or blue collar level stuff, mm-hmm. and they went to the same office and the corporation took care of them. If you look at the uh, the steel business, which is non existent anymore things like this i mean historically this is how it 's been and mm-hmm. the way generations are now is you know i 've heard people refer to kind of our clump as knowledge workers you know we 're not working in a factory somewhere we 're usually mentally um, valuable at some Mm -hmm. level and you know the statistics now because I used to work with high school kids and I remember when you know when I was working with with the ones that were seniors and they were wanting to go off to college and stuff you know a lot of them their parents and this was probably 10 12 years ago a lot of their parents were had high expectations of them to have a major picked out uh, preferably lawyer or doctor and you know they were gonna that's what they were gonna do they were predefined and those kids had a lot of problems with that and the stats show that the average and these are Americans I, I don't know what the worldwide stats are but in this country, um, the average person changes careers, not jobs, careers. I mm-hmm. think it was five times and that's an old statistic. Yeah. I mean, that means I'm getting out of this career. I'm going into something else. They'll do that five times in their lifetime. And so what you're seeing now is less of a, I was born to do this into, Hey, I finally found what I'm really good at. And that, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's awesome. You know, And I
1: think if you're a creative person, especially that you should test all waters because, sure. um, i love i love to design i love graphic design i love advertising i love photography obviously and visual things so i love film i love video i love i mean there there's there's a million things that i like to do and i think there's a ways to to combine all these things creatively and to make livings from them i love i love the technology world and the internet and and web stuff and being a part of that and uh, well
0: industries are shrinking constantly and I mean, if you look at the way things were done, even as recent as like, you know, the mid to late 80s, you know, with graphic design, you used to have the old type houses where if you were laying out an annual report or a book or anything like that, this is before computers. If you had a lot of text to set there, you would specifically go to a business that set copy. That's all they
1: did. Uh, no, those are gone. The, they're, they're not around. <laughs> I mean, they are
0: gone, man. And right. if you were a type technician, you're doing something else now. You know.
1: And there was nothing to – there's no one to blame for that except that the world changed. It did. And Computers so the, the world has changed and, again, and photography has changed again. But I'll tell you what. People are always going to love photography. People are always going to love good photography, and there's going to always be a need for pictures, for images, and they're going to have to come from somebody. And they're going to have to come – the best ones are going to come from really talented people, and people are going to pay those really talented people to take those images. Sure so you want to put you want to try to put yourself in that bracket and I guess to the people who are either young and jaded and and things aren't going well for them or to the older people who had a great success or and and maybe things died out or not doing well now I guess what I would want to say to both of these people is w- with all this angst and anger and 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 blame that you've built up and, and that you want to put on other people all the time because I see you complaining online and in person all the time or whatever take all that and maybe stop blaming everybody for what's happened to your industry and what's happened to your business and start putting that energy into actually looking at yourself and saying, is there anything I can maybe do different to make, to if these people are, if some people are succeeding, what are they doing differently than what I'm doing? Uh, you know, maybe they're not complaining all the time and instead they're, they're, they're bettering their Photoshop skills and maybe the problem
0: isn't everyone else.
1: Right. Maybe the problem isn't everyone else. Maybe the problem is <laughs> that you never changed, and you were un- unwilling to change. And it's easier to blame other people yeah. than to actually change yourself and and, and change with uh, with with what's going on in the industry today. And uh, you know, so just just get to work and 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 stop blaming people and, and and produce better work. Do better work. Go after more clients. Get socially involved. You know, whatever, yeah. whatever it takes. Because uh, blaming people all the time is going to n- not help. One single bit,
0: man. This was an intense show today,
1: dude. It was intense. <laughs> I'm sweating, but no, that's been on my mind lately because there's just so I much know. that out there all the time. The negativity. There of- is. The bit, the the industry is gone. It, it's just failing. It's just going nowhere. Then it, you know, uh, it, it, it 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 all these young kids and the digital cameras and the digital it ruined everything for us or whatever. Okay, yeah, things changed. A lot of people did come in. There was a floodgate of people coming in, but there's still going to be the top notch of people that are going to be the best at this industry. Well, here's,
0: here's the other thing too, is like up your game. You know, it's like I was saying earlier about other podcasts that just fall short or blogs that just don't offer anything. And, you know, and I'm not naming names because some of these people I know and I'm friends with, but it's like, you know, gosh, there is so much room in our industry to create Stuff of value. There's a, sure. There's a lot of people there. There's 2.5 billion pictures on Flickr and 2.5 billion a month going up on Facebook. Who cares? there's a lot of crap out there and there's a lot of room to really shine and create things with substance. Sometimes you have to go beyond your picture taking. Maybe better your writing skills so that you can be a better journalist as well. Um, You know, there's ways to do it, you know.
1: But Um, at some point, did these people stop learning, maybe? Did they stop learning, like, how things were changing? I mean, I think that can be a huge downfall. Well, it requires
0: energy, too, you know. I mean, we're we're looking at it uh, from the perspective of people earlier in our careers and and, uh, we're we're newer to this, so we still have it for a lot of change and but and I would excited. hope that I
1: would never be that older, cranky guy who's pl- blaming the young generation for the downfall of the entire oh, industry. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll never become that guy.
0: Maybe we will be grumpy old men one day. Probably We'll still so. be on it. here every, saying weekly and really <laughs> happening twice a month. I'll tell you back who we started this podcast. But, you know, a
1: lot of these times I see some of these guys or whatever, so I go, well, I'm going to go check out their work.
0: Yeah. And
1: all their work looks dated. Yeah. All their work looks like 1980-something. And – They may have a website that's dated, or if they have a website (laughs) at all. And then when they don't have a website at all, which is a lot of them, Mm. I'm like, well, there's your problem right there, or there's one of them. And this is a digital world where everybody who's looking for a photographer out there is going to the internet to find their photographer, and you're not even on there. Right, right. So you're you're invisible.
0: You've made it challenging to even find you. And And then even if you have a good
1: website – then are you socially networking at all to get people to even know that your website's there? Because sure. if not, it's just one of a million websites sitting out there, just like one of a million pictures sitting out there. So, I mean, I don't know. The the game has definitely changed, and you know, uh, yellow book uh, has gone away, and, and oh, everything's yeah. on book, the web mean- now. And, and, yeah, and you just gotta you just gotta change yeah. with the time, So, take that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, it was intense I had to get, today, man. I really had—I had
1: to get that off my chest. It's today. okay. No, I, I appreciate been, it. it. Dealing with a lot of that stuff, it, it, just so much negativity lately from other people. That it Dude, just, there's a lot of negative. Just gets tiresome. Well, it's—you it's like, uh, it know—it's interesting.
0: Something. Are you familiar with uh, you know Stefan Sagmeister, graphic designer? He did that poster, um, the AIGA thing, where he he had his assistant actually take a razor blade and carve the details of the meeting into his chest and all right And
1: He's, I love New York and. Is well,
0: that- I, yeah, but the, the one where specifically we carved the, the details into his chest and oh, it was an you know, AIGA yeah. event and mm-hmm. anyway, you see him chin down. But anyway, uh, when he did that, and that was in the 90s when that happened, but, but uh, you know, AIGA asked him to come speak and they asked him to do his own poster. And they wanted something that really reflected, you know, some of the, the awesomeness of our industry and the creativity and graphic design. And, and he said that he really didn't feel that way at all. He felt like there was a lot of stress. There was a lot of negativity. There's a lot of people wondering where their income was going to come from. Mm-hmm. And I think that still holds true today i mean sometimes you meet people and they're like oh you're a photographer that must be a lot of fun and yeah it can be and i'm i'm happy to do it i'm really proud to do it but uh it's not a lot of fun all the time i mean
1: it's just like anything else once it becomes a job i mean there's going to be really stressful stressful parts of it just as, sure. and really hard work
0: well right now. This thing i
1: just did for wallpaper i just shot for eight hour days for 11 days straight well it started out really fun <laughs> <laughs> but getting day four. towards the end of that i was getting exhausted and i'm so yeah, happy for the opportunity. i'm gonna be so happy when this wallpaper city guide comes out for dallas and fort worth and everything and all these architectural pictures i shot in my portfolio and all that but right in the midst of it it was just down and dirty work hard yeah. stressing sweating you know <laughs> Uh, it, and it, that's that can that's. I've got a
0: very intense Wade on the Skype today. This is awesome.
1: <laughs> but it was. So I'm just saying, anything you do can become work yeah, if you it do can. it enough, and it, and you're especially if you're making a living at it. You know? Well, that's and I think just, what
0: you're saying too is, is we are in a weird economy right now, and there is a lot of bitterness that you see online. Like a lot of times, my online time when I go kind of goof around with that, and I haven't right. had a lot in the last week or two. But but when I do have time, that's kind of what I want. to to use to be inspired and find a release right. or find something. And yeah, when you get on there and in forums, you have just people acting like trolls or being negative or, or yeah, it's weird, you know? And it's I kind of I guess where too this bad. came
1: yeah. from, this specific topic. Not that it's not come up in my mind before, but I was online surfing the other day and I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm always trying to find like stuff that gets me creatively inspired and going mm-hmm. or whatever. And I came across someone some, somewhere on Flickr or Twitter, some. Or Facebook, somebody had put, uh, how would you describe modern photography these days and that kind of thing? So I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be cool to see. How? Are, what are people's thoughts on this? All it was was a bunch of older guys on there oh, no. complaining that all the young people and the digital, digital revolution and all the flood of images online and things these days had ruined photography, ruined their career. There was nothing new under the sun. Um, it was – And it was just so like – it made me want to cry or something. It was so depressing. You know what though, dude? And they're they're wrong. Attitudes
0: come down to perception. And this is something that – I don't know whether I'm ADD or what the deal is, but I have trouble with this too. Like sometimes, you know, uh, especially with clients, you're working for somebody. Somebody says something and sometimes you misinterpret it and you get all stressed out because you think it was more – and then you find out later it was nothing. and you know it's like we as humans kind of tend to attach emotion to things like that a lot of times and i think that when you look at change and you know just evolution careers everything else the photography industry has is changing and it's not mm-hmm. done yet and how do you perceive that? Are you excited about that change or, or are you negative about it? And I think that's the difference. Is like I think your attitude, you're coming at it with you want to be excited about this. You want to find a way to make it work. And you do have guys that for whatever reason, they're burnt out, they're tired, and it's easier to bitch than it is to do something about that is, it. You that's
1: know? totally it right there. Yeah. yeah. It's just easier to bitch. And
0: I know a lot and, of and,
1: them. And, and, and complain uh, and, and blame, really, other people instead of taking a look at yourself and saying, well, what could I do to, to be better? Because I think that they can still – if they were successful at one time and they had the talent, they could be successful still. Something yeah. changed and they didn't change with it, and other people, you know, su- success and careers took off or whatever, and they became jealous and uh, and whatever, and it just all ended right there. But if they were successful at one time, they can still be successful totally.
0: Yeah. Um, and you do you see know. this a lot, even on Flickr. It's I kind of have gotten out of doing groups much on Flickr. I mean I belong to a lot of them but I just don't participate of the complaining in the discussions and, and things like that complaining and then you have people that that I think they just sit at home all day in front of the computer and have nothing. They don't know what they're talking about. And they just love to be trolls. You know, they get in there and they they will, you know, just be mean to people and stuff like that. It's yeah. just, I don't have time for that. And I'm sorry.
1: Right. You know, no. I mean, we get just enough of that every day without being online all day looking for it. So <laughs> exactly, uh, that's why I'm just out there looking for anything positive or anything that can inspire me rather than just the, the influx of negativity that you're bombarded with every day. Just say being stuck in traffic or something. <laughs>
0: Well, you're right, you know, and boy, that gets me going too, you know, I don't know. It gets me going because I really, uh, you know, my commute is almost nothing. I can take a train and all that. So when I actually do get into real traffic, I come unglued.
1: Right exactly yeah. I I've I've just been given the finger three times I'd like to come home and, and uh, have something positive now that gets my creative juices flowing
0: <laughs> Well and you're right I mean but anyway I guess the moral to all what we're saying is just 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 keep a positive attitude work hard at things social media does take a lot of time um yeah and it takes time to get online you have to you have to make time for it and it's a weird thing to make time for cuz i think a lot of times you think of like social media as being this younger generation it's kids it's what they do in their spare time and you have to make time for it it's not just a a recreational activity. But.
1: Like even uh, Thomas said in his letter here when he, when he has this in parentheses just too busy. That right, right there, I never really liked that a whole lot because we make time in this life for, and this is nothing against Thomas because I'm sure he is very busy. He may have kids and a wife and a job and, and there really is no time for photography. But, You make time in this life for whatever is really important to you, whether that's people or photography or whatever your job is or whatever. If you are really super passionate about it, you make time for it. So uh, the people that say, well, I would love to be really great at photography or whatever, but there's just no time for it, I kind of don't know – how passionate you are really about it, or whatever, because um, you would find time to to get out there and shoot, whether it be a few hours every day or or just on the weekends or whatever. Well, either that uh, or you're looking. I, 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 I don't I don't like that cop out of just too busy to do. No, I hear
0: you. The other thing is, and I've been there, sometimes you go through periods where maybe you have um, a, a family tragedy or uh, there really oh, is sure. no time. Oh, yeah. But what you've got to do in those situations. And but if it, it's is,
1: been 10 years and you haven't shot. Exactly.
0: You've got to look into the future and how are things going to change? Okay, your job's really stressful. Your high-strung boss is like wearing you out and stuff. Okay, well, what are you doing to change that situation? And it's not yeah. going to happen tomorrow morning. And it's probably not going to happen next week, but it may happen in five months. It may happen in four years, but start working towards whatever you need to do to clear things out. It's like, you know, my dad used to tell me that everything in life came with a price tag on it. And it depends on what you're willing to pay. And he didn't mean a financial price tag like money. Um, if you want to do uh, basket weaving bad enough, you will carve out some time to do that. And it may mean making the choices of a couple other things. Maybe it means you don't hang out with your friends on Wednesday nights and that's right. your basket weaving night or whatever it is. Basket um, weaving. I threw that out there. But if it's photography <laughs> night and, and okay, no, totally. I, I only have time on Wednesday night it's dark well then set up some studio lighting and find something that you like to do that you can shoot and if even if that's only an hour a week man you've got to make that time and i understand because i've been there you get burnt out and sometimes it's hard to get off the couch and quit watching svu reruns and mm-hmm. i'm speaking very autobiographically here but um <laughs>
1: you know cause right, I get but into this is runs. the difference between really being successful at something whether you're making money at it or not or, or not being successful at right. it uh, is, is, is is fighting through these things and overcoming them and um, and, and making time for them to do them uh, because there's so many people out there I think that want to be good at something, but they want it to just magically happen and that doesn 't happen i can't, i, I can 't no. become a professional um, cyclist tomorrow and, and ride in the tour de France or whatever, just by thinking about how much I love it or whatever, it would take years of, of training and devotion. And it's the same thing with photography. You're going to have to put in that time. And if you make excuses for it, like I don't have time or, or whatever, well, then that's fine, but it's just, it's never going to happen. So
0: well, you you look at like Lance Armstrong, he worked real hard at being a cyclist, real hard. Right. And he had the dip just like everybody else. I'm sure where he he wasn't feeling like he was improving. It was difficult. Uh, the motivation may have gone up and down, but he persevered. I mean, the dude even had a, a
1: disease. I mean, yeah, and he found a way around it. So, it, well, the thing is, in our society, we none of us have time for anything. But we no. we just we make the times for the things that we're the most passionate about and we like to spend our life doing. Um, and so, I would say. If right now you're feeling like that, like I just don't have time to do this, well, think about what maybe you could like, take out of your life like you were talking about, uh, even, if it's your, even if it's your job, if you don't like it yeah. and say – because you know, a lot of us have been there before and just say, what am I doing doing this job every day when my real passion is this? Am I, do I just not have the guts enough to, uh, to make a switch? Am I just not brave enough to – because worst-case scenario, you can always go back and do your job that you hate. <laughs> right, oh yeah, sure, probably, you probably <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, you know, and I mean, that was my whole case when I was kind of at a miserable point at one point, uh, just kind of feeling stuck and whatever, and really wanted to do the photography thing is I finally just said, worst case scenario, I come back and sit in a chair just like this, somewhere else, doing this again, yeah, so i'm gonna just I'm gonna just take a chance and do it because you know, one life. So take a shot. And- I, I
0: have the feeling, though, that there are people listening saying, well, that's easy to say when you don't have kids. And, you-, and it is easy to say. When it you- is.
1: It is. But, but there are people that have done it with kids.
0: And we're not talking about saying, you know – Take this job and shove it by five o'clock. I mean it's it's like no. you've got to come up with an exit strategy and you've got to I mean it it takes time. Right. You just have to make up your mind to do it and you've got to get serious and you gotta get very disciplined about it. But you can do it. Anybody can do it, you know.
1: No, I, I, I totally yeah. It took it took several years for me to and, get it.
0: And, to and the here's point. the other deal, Wade, is most people won't do it. And and I know that's harsh, but Stick it in your pocket and take it to the bank. I I mean, most people won't because of fear. And that gives you if you're listening and you think this may be you, that gives you a better edge because, yeah, there is that fear. Yeah, you do have three kids and they're in private school and, and they depend on you. But just, you know, come up with a plan and do it. The odds are on your side, you know.
1: Yeah, not to. We'll end this pretty quick because we've gone an hour. Gone and a half way ago, over, but, yeah. Um, I, I took a community college class not too long ago, a few years ago or something, whatever. And and you're in there with just kind of you're running the gamut of people who from no talent at all and just kind of can't even figure out their their point and shoot camera to some guys who have been uh, who who work in in the business industry all day, but <laughs> yeah. their real passion is photography and they come home and do that every night and every weekend or whatever. And there was a guy in there who was just. Shooting some stuff that looked like it was Straight out of like I don't know just your top notch magazines And he just does this stuff on the weekend and stuff and he was just going around taking pictures of like really good. people in gas stations and stuff but his just knowledge of lighting and 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 how to operate the camera and 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 just photography in general was, was amazing That's cool. and uh, but he makes so much money that it's and has a big family and you know doing what he normally does now that it, it would be very hard for him to ever say okay I'm going to Quit this altogether what I do and do photography full-time, but I still think that he can make a nice life and a great hobby and do some wonderful things and be published and things because his skill level is that good. So here's a guy with no time, but photography is a passion of his, right. and um, and he's doing great things with it, whether he becomes professional full-time you know whether it becomes this major source of income or not that may never happen but he's he's going to be successful at it you know one way or another just i almost
0: respect that more than somebody who who feels like they have to get their paycheck from photography right no offense to anyone but it's like this is a guy that you're talking about who has made the time to do it he's quite good he enjoys it and he's having fun and it's a release for him and and there's nothing wrong with that he's made the time to do it
1: yeah and that i think that's where it I mean, if you can make money from it too, and you can be happy doing that, wonderful. But if all it is is uh, something that is uh, something you just are really passionate about and really enjoy in life, and it betters your life because of that, then mm-hmm. that's really what it's all about, sure. whether money's involved or not. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, cool. There it is. And we've gone Dude. way over. Wow. Maybe we ought to skip the picks this week. I think we gave some picks. <laughs> yeah. We we'll skip picks this
1: week, and we'll, we'll do picks again next week. My because, pick uh, this
0: week is, is, is if you're listening to this, find one new thing and make some time and do it this week. That's That would be my only pick. There you go. And maybe that's, that's like you feel – you've always wanted to start a blog. Well, set it up and do one freaking blog post, or you've always wanted to start a – podcast do it you know
1: um, yeah i yeah, i'm right there with you i'd say uh, learn something new this week yeah and you don't you have to get looked, to
0: the finish line just start something you know
1: this could be for the person who's just now starting photography um or or the person who feels like they're stuck and and uh used to be a professional photographer and do really well and now they feel they're one of these angry people who feel like you know <laughs> they're blaming somebody pick up and do something new this week yeah sign up for a twitter whether,
0: account and friend five people and start a conversation or see what other people I are doing know. out
1: there that, it, yeah if you haven't been involved in seeing or if you know, you're starting
0: out go go find something you've never shot before one photo yeah shoot it and put it online
1: join a class or go buy a book and read it
0: yeah just something do something yeah. new
1: do something new and make
0: it something of substance don't go buy a new camera or
1: and stop bitching.
0: <laughs> no. And quit your bitching. <laughs> All right, cool. We will skip our photography picks of the week. And, yeah, uh, we'll have some for next week. If you guys you. really need pics, um, I'll go ahead and give a shout out. Somebody in the uh, Flickr group started a thread of picks of the week. And they didn't want to get in our way, but they thought it was so cool. They wanted to see what other people oh, would cool. pick. And so yeah. they're just inviting people to go in there once a week and give a pick. So get in the, uh, if you're not, uh, the Flickr group. Flickr.com slash groups slash art of photography and i will actually link to the thread in the show notes and you can go in there and get some pics and leave a pic too awesome. that's yeah.
1: great i didn't even know that that's yeah that's cool. pretty
0: cool man cool these, man these, these kids online they do cool stuff yep <laughs> sweet all right cool um man we're at the dreaded ending again uh-oh well just do it yeah, it's you, not gonna be funny because I, I i'm expecting it to be funny this week <laughs> anyway once again this has been the art of photography i don't want to say goodbye i think that's the problem
1: I don't either. Let's do a three-hour show. (laughs) All right, (laughs) have seat. Okay, people just yeah, people are taking their headphones off.
0: Unsubscribe button. We, We gotta go. All right, we gotta go. This has been the art. This hasn't been the art of photography. This has been the photography show. And thank you for listening.